With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were, the, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. Two six seven twenty two Jiggy. Daddy Monday. Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? I want to be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the. Thursday edition of the world famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border, tune in, iTunes, radio loyalty, Red Nation Rising Radio today, KFRK in Denver, and 50 plus AMFM stations. World Radio Network. Check out our website, JiggyJaguar.com. 80 Shades of Black Politics, another perspective by Wilmer J. Leon III. He's a PhD. He'll be with us here in a few moments. We'll also talk to Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella. It is the Thursday edition. We're going to kick things off here uh, with a, a special topic from Don, but let's join the boys and girls on Skype. And uh, I think we've got Dan Perkins, our best-selling author, Don Mazzella, from uh, uh, all over the place. He's our newspaper man. And, and uh, of course, Wilmer Leon, he is a uh, author. He is the author of 80 Shades of Black Politics, Another Perspective. But uh, let's start with Don Mazzella. You've got some late-breaking news here you want to do a chat about. Let's talk about that, and then we'll get into uh, the, the, the political part of the day. Well, I, um, to Im- imitate uh, Dan, uh, there's some background of... Uh, Needed about six months ago. I was uh, privileged to be to, to have a deep backgrounder um, from our armed forces at a one of our uh, military colleges, and uh, at that briefing, they uh, the the talk was about what um, the Kurds could do if properly armed, and it was a general consensus among the uh, general officers at the uh, that conference that uh, uh, perhaps uh, the uh, most uh, effective Middle East force outside of the Israelis were the Kurds. um, But at that time, the Obama administration was preventing the the, uh, uh, military establishment from uh, providing the Kurds with uh, uh, any sort of real military help. They were being given it, but uh, very sparingly and usually via Israel. Well, today, uh, President, uh, much to the displeasure pleasure of the Turks, the ISIS, and just about everybody else, uh, President uh, 
Trump announced that he was going to start offering military uh, support to the Kurds. Uh, outside of the Israelis and possibly the Turkish army, the most effective fighting force in the Middle East is are the Kurds. Uh, they've managed to do that on the uh, shoestring. They have a lot of French equipment. But the end result is going to be that um, uh, if IQ was here, I'm sure he'd be jumping up with a, uh, down with glee. But uh, it's the, all designed to enable the Kurds to create, um, if not an independent country, a buffer area uh, to, to uh, uh, hold the ISIS in check. It is probably the boldest move, and I, if I dare say, and uh, I'm sure we'll get a uh, uh, kickback, but uh, I think it's the most important decision the Trump administration has done. Uh, it's, it goes against the State Department, goes against everything except the, the military establishment who really believe uh, in, the, in the ability of the Kurds to, to be a, a knockout force in the Middle East. And they, uh, it has the wholehearted support of the Israeli government. I think uh, uh, it probably will not get the play it should, but but it is an extremely important development in the fight against ISIS. Uh, Dr. Leon, give me your thoughts on this, and then we'll go to Dan Perkins. Well, uh, this is not uh, this is something that I haven't really had the opportunity to study. One of the one of the Big issues that I that I do know uh, about this is again the what this does to to Turkey and and Turkey is of course afraid that an armed Kurdish group would turn uh, on Turkey to establish its own uh, nation state. It's also important, I think, to be sure that we're not stepping into a parallel similar to the mess that we now have in uh in libya in in terms of arming arming the groups in northern libya uh and, and uh well uh, doing away with Gaddafi, creating the space in libya for the radicals in the north to operate freely and now you've got a much 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 bigger mess on your hands and if israel is backing the play then that also gives me uh reason for pause as well Dan Why would Israel uh, oh, okay, backing the play, go, go ahead, play be, be, give you pause? Last I looked, they were our allies. Because, well, because I don't, I don't, I have not seen that Israel has been operating in the best interest of anybody but Israel, and much to the expense of the Palestinians. And and, and so, uh, well, then that's where you and I have to part ways because. I can't support any country. In fact, what Israel is doing is validating the U.S. Arms Export Control Act, and what the United States is doing is violating its own law by providing Israel money to oppress the Palestinians. And under no sense or no circumstance can I support that. Well, but um, uh, that's the assumption that the Palestinians are... Um, a, a national force and something other than, than a terrorist organization masquerading as, as well, a national except government. That, well, except that we have nothing but history to dispel that foolishness. And if anybody is operating as a uh, terrorist force, it would have to be the, the Zionist government in Israel. 
Well, that, uh, that's most, uh, one of the uh, most interesting comments I've heard on this program in a long time. I've, I've covered... Well, then, the, uh, then this program should get more interesting. Well, <laughs> I, well, I think I it just, it. I think it just did. <laughs> I've, I've covered, uh, let me see, four Arab-Israeli conflicts. And in all of them, I've, I've yet to see where the quote Zionists are, have done anything but the, defend uh, their country uh, against a mass force attempting to exterminate it. Of course, I've been, um, uh, how should we say, uh, uh, brainwashed since I'm a young kid about this. I've never been a particular Israel. But uh, if, you, if in the Middle East you, you look, look at the world, and it's funny, we suddenly switch to Israel, but the real story here is the Kurds which are, uh, as, as you, uh, uh, Muslim-oriented, they, they, have, uh, they have been uh, an ethnic group, much like the Israelis, uh, unlike the Palestinians, which haven't been uh, a real real country ever, or have a, uh, they are a mixed people at, at best. And here, here we have the Kurds who have de- demonstrated their ability to govern, to fight, and to throw back the uh, ISIS and, uh, and, and many different places. Yes, we anger Turkey, but so what? The, the strong man that's in charge in Turkey right now is not a friend of the United States. I don't think he's a friend of anybody, but that's a different story. Here, here we. The, the important thing is that the United States has, for the first time in eight years, put its weight behind uh, someone in in the Middle East capable of upsetting the balance of power and making it possible uh, for peace to reign. The only way peace is going to reign in that area is when uh, the various uh, uh, factions, I don't call them countries anymore, have uh, so obliterated each other that that the only solution is peace. And the Kurds are the ones, given the right uh, armament, who can do it. If, if you look at the uh, Kurdish, um, uh, they're not even militia anymore. They're a regular fighting force. And if the and again, all I have to go on is this briefing where we went into into depth about the Kurdish uh, armed forces. Uh, the only thing they lack is air power. And if um, uh, again, it's uh, somewhat unclear in, the, in today's announcement how much air power is going to be de- uh, devoted to them. But if you add air, air power to their ability to to uh, and their armor to knock out armor and their armor, then we're lo- we're looking at a whole new force in the Middle East that could drive the, uh, a simple fact. All they had to do do is drive south, and they split ISIS in half. And they do that alone. Hook up with, with the uh, to use your expression, the Zionist uh, Israelis. Uh, it suddenly makes uh, ruling uh, uh, ISIS less of a, uh, a threat uh, in the Middle East and maybe relieves the pressure on Saudi Arabia and maybe turns the pressure on uh, Iran. Because you can rest assured, one, uh, the people in Iran are not happy with that decision. Well, uh, Dan Perkins, finish us off on this topic. I want to get to the, the doctor's book, but uh, uh, Dan, go ahead and finish up on this topic, and then we're going to go to the the, the Paul. Well, the Paul I, I find it, uh, it was fascinating listening to the dialogue between the two of them. Don uh, being more sure, and 
we're having some we're we're we're, ha- we're having some trouble with your Skype, Dan. Da- Dan, can you hear me? We're having a we're going to try to reconnect with Dan here. Uh, let, let, let's do this. Um, let, 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 let's get into the topic here about about the book, Eighty Shades of Black. Politics, another perspective. Wilmer J. Leon III is with us today. He's a Ph.D. Um, tell us a little bit about the book, my friend, while I try to reconnect with Dan Perkins. Sure. The book, uh, Politics, Another Perspective, uh, Commentary and Analysis on Race, War, Ethics, and the American Political Landscape in the Age of Obama, is a collection of 80 op-eds that have been published since 2006 in the four categories just listed. The uh, other perspective is a historical perspective. One of the big problems that I see with a lot of analysis that takes place in mainstream American news is current events are rarely described and discussed in the broader historical context in which they exist. So we tend to view a lot of problems as though they have sprung up out of whole cloth instead of understanding the broader historical context in in which they exist. So what I try to do with a lot of the op-eds that I write is connect the current issue to the broader historical context so people can have a better understanding of how we got to where we are, and then understanding that, people can have a better understanding of of solutions that we can employ to to address a lot of these problems. Well, uh... uh, Go ahead, Jerry, let me ask uh, the, the, Dr. Leon a question. Okay. Um, uh, in, in, in a few short words, can you say uh, what uh, historical uh, trends uh, brought us to where we are now so we can have an well, it, intelligent con- yeah, if we, conversation? Well, in terms of where we are now, for example, if you're looking, if, if, if your question has to do with uh, the election of Donald Trump. We have, in order to understand uh, the election of Donald Trump, we have to see that uh, do- again, Donald Trump did not just spring out of ground uh, whole cloth. Donald Trump is the culmination of a right-wing swing, a conservative swing in our politics, starting uh, with Richard Nixon. Some might even say Barry Goldwater. Um, so, so in order to understand Donald Trump, you've got to understand Goldwater into Nixon, Nixon into Reagan, and now Reagan, uh, Reagan and Bush into into Donald Trump. So there's a there's a, a conservative mindset that and, and that has also been uh, promulgated, particularly since uh, the mid '70s, with a rise with a rise in the religious right. So you're you're saying that essentially the the, the U.S. is a conservative uh, country that, that uh, uh, manifests itself from Goldwater through to Trump. Is that what what the your basic premise is? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's a hard that's a hard point to defend. But what point? Um, so uh, saying that. Well, why, uh, why is um, uh, this detrimental to blacks? Why, why is the conservative 
trend that the country has gone in detrimental to Americans? Correct. Uh, well, there are a number. Well, we can look at it from a judiciary perspective. We can look in terms of a rise in uh, in in, uh, in incarceration. We can we can look at uh, cutback in social programs and the impact that that's had on education, the impact that that's having on health care. We can look if you if you if you agree that the most um, uh, a progressive Supreme Court as it relates to civil rights and civil liberties in this country, was the Warren Court. And surprisingly, Earl Warren, a former Republican uh, governor of California, appointed by a Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower, that gave us some of our most um, progressive uh, uh, civil, uh, civil rights and civil liberties uh, decisions in, in the history of the Supreme Court. And ever since that court, uh, under under Richard Nixon, starting to chip away uh, at at those uh, at those decisions. Under uh, uh, um, Gerald Ford and and under um, the the Bushes, and now we look at what's happened with 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 uh, what we fear will happen with the appointments of Donald Trump. We can see a total erosion, an attack. On our, on our civil liberties. So there are a number of elements, depending on what direction you want to go, that will show that not only has this move to the right been detrimental to, the, to, to African Americans, this move to the right is proving to, to be detrimental to all Americans. Yet it's interesting. You you said appoint the the appointed of Donald Trump. Last I looked, he was elected. But uh, uh, that's, a, no, that's a minor point. But but uh, what no, I, I hear said, you say, I said I said the civil. I said the I was. I didn't say Donald Trump was appointed. What I said was Donald Trump's appointment, which really actually was a nomination to the Supreme Court. I I was not saying that Donald Trump was appointed. I, I did okay. not say that. I misunderstood. But but um, if you're a conservative, you essentially believe in the worth of the individual over the uh, role of government. That is the basic definition of a, a conservative. If, uh, if 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 that being the case, if you say um, that uh, Donald Trump, Trump, who's essentially trying to bring back individual liberties, whether they're white, black, orange, or yellow, is immaterial to him or, or to conservatives in general. The main th main thing that conservatives, uh, and I probably, if I put myself, I'd put myself on a conservative side, uh, uh, believe that if you um, protect the individual, any individual, rather than groups, i.e. blacks or Latinos, you're ultimately improving the country. But but yet, if I hear, uh, then I'm, I think I'll frame a question. If that being the case, why is, why is he detrimental to blacks? Well, because uh, history, first of all, as an African-American and understanding the history of Africans in America since uh, we arrived on these shores at Fort Comfort, Virginia in 1619 to today, uh, focusing on the rights of the individual has never been beneficial to, the Af to African Americans or their interests. Uh, 
and and conservatism theoretically or philosophically yes has basically two tenets one is uh the the right of the individual and the other tenet is uh smaller the smallest government or or, or smaller government and when you look at the rights of Africans in America and later African Americans uh smaller government has never worked to our benefit. The only way that African Americans have been able to break the, the shackles of slavery, the only way that, that African Americans have been able to break the, the prohibitive, restrictive, racist Jim Crow laws in this country was through the uh, courts, through the legislature. So African Americans have always needed government, even though in many instances government first operated against our interests. The only way that African Americans have been able to progress in this country is through and with the benefit of government, which is why uh, Republicans now have been engaged in voter suppression, which is why now uh, uh, Republicans have been engaged in voter fraud, which is uh, in order to prevent African Americans from exercising the most fundamental right of what it means to be an American, which is to vote. So yeah, 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 we, yeah, we gerrymander districts throughout the uh, congressional districts throughout the, the country to give uh, uh, blacks their the, quote their own congressperson. Um, yeah, uh, because because the way that the because of the way that the district maps had been drawn historically, they had drawn to prevent African Americans from ever being in a large enough district to where they could elect uh, their own representatives. Now they even have so the, the black, so, so the so the, the, the way the, so the laws the laws that were that were put on the books to assist African Americans in doing so they weren't done because somebody woke up in the middle of the night and decided that this would be a good idea to draw a map. They were done. They were done to prevent or to offset historical ger gerrymandering to ensure that after Reconstruction, African Americans would not be able to do so. Mm -hmm. and, and now that they're, uh, they're doing that, um, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not a zero-sum equation. If, if you uh, say you're going to do this for the blacks, somebody else is going to suffer. If you're going to do this for why, the Why uh, is it always... What is is very interesting to me that conservatives, particularly white conservatives, love to, to try to make this out to be in order to be pro African American or or in order to take the issues and interests of African Americans uh, into consideration that being pro me winds up being anti you. Why very is so, it that very, why, very why so, is it that, that that that's the I, first I place that you. you go? I will answer you. Uh, having come, Please come do. This, okay, and I'll, I'll answer it ver uh, this way. If you create laws, which we have, which give preference to blacks in uh, hiring, in, um, in firing, in other things, and do not give the same protections to whites, which you don't, a white cannot claim discrimination in the courts because they were fired for, uh, to put in a black person or a white the protections provided to white America to white Americans is called America you don't have to have you don't have to put laws on the books in order to assist 
white Americans, that called America. That's what this country has was based upon and continues to be based upon. The only reason that you that you needed to have fair employment practices put into law. The only reason you had to have fair housing practices put into law is because the law was written as in Jim Crow laws, for example, to prevent African Americans from exercising the franchise, to prevent African Americans from buying homes in neighborhoods where they wanted to buy homes. What do you think and, and redlining Obama, by the, banks was all about? The Obama administration has taken that far beyond that by saying the Obama the administration has done next to nothing. You are now. You are now perpetuating a stereotype, and you are telling a flat-out lie. Because if you have studied this or covered this, as you proclaim to have studied and covered this, you would know better. So you, sir, are either ignorant or you are lying. There is, you have absolutely no evidence to support that position. Oh, I, I, I do. Dan, can you hear us, Dan? After being called a liar, and uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to Dan. Dan he, he, he's can, better able to handle it. Dan, can you hear us at all? Have, have you fixed, fixed your phone yes. there, my friend? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I've got yes. you. We, 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 we've got you, okay. and, and, and Dr. Leon, okay. I'm sure, can hear you, all too. Right, so I've been listening with You're breaking up still, Dan. Uh, you're, you're, you're. Well, let, let, let me, do the best I can. Not a problem. Not, not, not a problem. We'll, 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 we'll hang with you here, my friend. Go okay. ahead. I'll. Uh, go ahead, my friend. Okay. First of all, first of all, the re some of the references are that our guest has has brought to the to table um, are not uh, broad enough uh, in, in its implication. For example. It wasn't conservative Republicans who passed the Jim Crow laws. It was the Democratic Party. It wasn't conservative Republicans who formed the KKK. It was the Democratic Party. The Supreme Court uh, in the 1950s dealt with Democrats trying to stop the civil rights process through the filibuster provision. In fact, it was used more against civil rights by Democrats than any other time. Next. The Democratic Party, which claims to be champion of the black community, the government has spent since Lyndon Johnson enacted the war on poverty. The United States has spent $22 trillion specifically on the black community since the war on poverty began. $22 trillion. By reference, $22 trillion is more money we've had spent on the entire wars since the country was founded, starting with the Revolutionary War up until the, de the Department of Defense, the budget today. So you talk about the government and the Republicans. I question you, sir, that the Democratic Party has, in fact, through its policies and practices, disappointed and misled the Democratic, the Democratic Party has misled black people for decades in this country. And there is a history of racial prejudice in the Democratic Party in the way they act in legislation 
and how they pass laws and things that they do to oppress black people. Out of this, I agree with you, the, Barack Obama did virtually nothing, not only for black people, he did nothing for people in general. Average household income went down $4,000 under the Obama administration. But the unemployment rate in the black community is higher, dramatically so, than the white community. Yet the president it had the power historically. That, that's not that's not some new revelation. The, no, but the, the, if you put it as part of wait a minute, action. wait a minute, wait a couple, a couple of things. First, first of all, first of all, you're trying to turn this. You, you, uh, first of all, I never, I never said that this was a Democrat versus Republican discussion. I know you. I, I know you that. did. No, but you well, talked I, about now, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. I'm, hey, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna straighten you out here because you, you, you're being very just disingenuous in, in trying to twist some of the things I said. I know the racist background of the Democratic Party. I know the history of the Dixiecrats. I know what Strom Thurmond did. I know about about Ronald Reagan's Southern strategy, which, which Donald Trump. Uh, uh, copy uh, full paragraph page and book. I understand all of that, but what and when I made reference to the Republican Party, I specifically said from uh, from Richard Nixon forward. What you're talking about is the Republican Party of the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. So you've got to be historically accurate and use dates when you want to try and have that kind of conversation with me, because that's nothing close to what I said. And now we understand. Now we. Now we. Now wait a minute. Now I let you talk. So let me. Let me give you the. Let me set you straight with the rebuttal. Now you talked about the, the twenty-three trillion dollars that has been invested in the poverty program. That pales in nothing in comparison to what Dr. King talked about. The problem with the poverty program was that it was usurped by the Vietnam War. And the other thing is, when you look at where that money was spent and how that money was spent, that money was never ever in the programs that that money was, was spent through, they were never actually targeted to eradicate poverty in this country. That was not, and when you go back and you read that legislation and you look at those laws, they were never targeted to deal with the structural problems of poverty in this country. In fact, Lyndon Johnson said when, the, when they were talking about the legislation, he felt it would help keep the black people in check. Lyndon Johnson didn't believe that the war on poverty was going to free the black people. And speaking of Dr. King, if you go back, and read, Dr., you go back and read Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, and you look oh what has God. happened. You look at what's happened to black people in this country since his speech. And I wrote a piece, commentary on Constitution.com, raising the question, what would Dr. King think of what's been happening and what his his black brothers and sisters are doing today? I believe that the the war on poverty was the largest single effort to take husband and father out of the household, black household, and replace them with the government. I believe that... You get no debate with me on that point. I also believe that's what, that, that that's what, wait a minute. That's one of the reasons why I just said that the war on poverty was never designed to deal with the structural causes of poverty in this country. I just said that. And who was in charge when all that was going on? 
Well, Linda Johnson was the president. The, the, the Democratic Party had control of Congress for 40 See, there years. There you go again. There you go again, trying to make this into a binary Republican and Democratic conversation. I did not say that. I'm I saying, never said that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the facts of what happened, who was in power and charge of the government, when all these to things what happened. Point? Then, then to what point? What's your point? My point is that you seem to be talking more about the conservative Republicans from Nixon forward. You, exactly. You don't, because you, that, don't see, you don't seem to be talking about any accountability of the Democratic Party during that same period of time. Because I was talking about the current trend. See, you were, you were probably offline because you weren't able to hear the whole conversation. I was talking about the trend. Of the, the, I was answering a specific question that I was asked about Donald Trump. And what I said was that what we see now in the election of Donald Trump is a culmination of conservative politics, starting with Richard Nixon, some would say Barry Goldwater. That was the answer to the question I was providing. I was not asked to give a history of Democratic and Republican politics and the impact that they have had on the African-American community since the beginning of time. That was not the question I was asked. You know, uh, Dan, I'd, I'd like to jump in. I'm, I'm listening. And uh, 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 Dr. Liana is saying, in effect, that the the, the the anti-poverty money, all the money we've spent uh, uh, since 1964 is, is essentially wasted. Am I correct in that? I didn't say that. You you better run and check the tape. I didn't say that. Well, what, no, what, he, what he said, Don, was that it wasn't designed to cure the poverty. Well, yeah. uh, well that, that's... Did you listen? Yeah. Isn't that, what, isn't that what you said? That, yeah, that, I said that, I, I, I said that the I said that the poverty I said the war on poverty was never designed to eradicate the structural causes of poverty in this country. I did not say that what, what, all what of the money the was wasted. I didn't say that. What so is, what is the, what, Go ahead, Don. What is the structural cause of poverty in this country? In your, in the the, the, your mind. Oh, the, the well, the the fun, the most fundamental element of the structural causes of poverty in this country would have to be racism, because racism is oh is, my is the fundamental element of 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 uh, of the issues in this country. The country was founded on racism, and the country profited from racism, and the country continues to engage in it. Uh, I, uh, Jiggy, I have to uh, uh, sign off. Uh, th 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 this discussion to me, uh, whenever I hear that, I, I really have to go uh, to the bathroom. Oh, you haven't heard of the you haven't heard of the three fifth compromise. You haven't heard of the fugitive slave provision. You haven't heard of the fact that slavery was allowed to exist in this country for, I mean, the importation of slaves was allowed to exist in this country for twenty years after the tree was founded. Uh, you, 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 you're not aware of any of that? 
I hardly think that's the basis upon which this country was founded or has grown. Well, uh, isn't the Constitution the founding document of the country? Correct. Well, it isn't, but, and aren't those provisions but, but, uh, written I, into the founding document of the treaty? And it's also with a provision with the, that expired uh, sometime in the early nineteenth uh, century. The, pro but the, the provision the, expired. I, that does not mean that the mindset and the ideology the behind it went expired along with it. Um, I'm just going to say this. Whenever okay. I hear that statement, I want to go to the bathroom and puke because it's not true. <laughs> it it uh, hasn't happened. Well, we are a nation of immigrants. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Have ignorance, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Enjoy yourself. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> If well, you, that's 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 Don Mazzella. We've, we've still got Dan Perkins with us. And Dan, go go ahead and uh, re re respond to everything, uh, everything there, my friend. Well, you know, I I I, I say to the gentleman, the Constitution did not uh, provide equal protection for LBGT because it wasn't public at the time. The Constitution. No, that came that came out of the Civil Rights Movement. Okay, but, but but my point is, it wasn't there, and you're saying that slavery, while, while not specifically articulated in the Constitution, the way we counted slaves and the way we did things uh, was implied in the Constitution. And so when we had the Fugitive Slave Law, when we had the, uh, the other constitutional amendments, that dealt with the rights of, of, of all races, including blacks, to be free. Uh, those are the corrective processes that this country has gone through to look at the way it behaved in the past, and we've made those changes in our laws. Does that mean that everybody has agreed? No. Does that mean that every white person loves every black person in this country? No. Does it mean that every black person in this country loves every white person. No. But we are a country that has recognized that we had flaws where there was mistreatment. We changed the laws, and by the nature of who we are as a nation, a nation of assimilation of people from different races and different cultures, we hopefully have made America better. But to continue to serve, to say that today we are no better than we were when the Jim Crow laws were passed, is did I say that? Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You, you said you blamed you blame the racism. You said that you blame the racism that this country has on was on slavery, the Jim Crow laws, and what happened after the war. And I'm saying okay, there are a couple there are a couple things here. There are a couple things here. First of all, what is the constitutional amendment that abolished slavery in this country? The Thirteenth Amendment. I just said that. And what does the and what does the and what does the Thirteenth Amendment say? The Thirteenth Amendment says, basically, to paraphrase, slavery shall be uh, abolished except for crimes committed. Right. So the fact that uh, um, that there was an exception for criminality written into the amendment abolishing slavery is what gave rise to the convict leasing program in the South. 
So when the thir- when slavery was abolished by the 13th Amendment, it was replaced immediately by the convict leasing system in this country. That's how U.S. Steel made so much money, by using co- black convict slave labor in the South to, to, in their steel mills. And if you, you don't have to believe what I say, read Douglas Blackman's book, Slavery by Other Name. Now, after slavery was abolished in this country, after the 14th Amendment was passed in this country, we wound up with what? Jim Crow laws. Every time the United States has taken a step legislatively to try to rectify its horrific racist past, there is backlash in this country by white people and to the detriment of African Americans. Many would tell you that the election of Donald Trump is white backlash to the election of Barack Obama. No, I think the election of Donald Trump was, you're right, partially. There was a backlash. There was a backlash because regardless of being a black man, he was a terrible president. He couldn't make decisions. And and the people voted said, if, if Hillary is going to continue the same policies, of ineffective government, we don't want them, and we don't want her. And so, well, the, was uh, was was George Bush a horrible president? Could, could George Bush make decisions? Because Barack Obama made a lot of the same decisions and a lot of the same stuff and followed the same playbook as George Bush. The difference is, Mitch McConnell couldn't stomach the fact that there was a black man in the White House. The Affordable Care Act, where did the Affordable Care Act come from? The Affordable Care Act came from the Heritage Foundation. The Affordable Care Act is Romney Care rewritten for the entire country. The only problem and the reason why, the reason why Frank Luntz and, 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 and these other spokespeople for the Republican Party labeled it Obamacare wasn't because the legislation was bad. They just couldn't, un- they just couldn't stomach the fact that it was a black man that got it passed. So you, and, that's, and that's why when now a lot of these Republican uh, senators and congressmen are going back to their districts, they're getting pilloried by their uh, white constituents because all of a sudden their health care is why and so that and so that's that's the joke the only thing the only problem i have with obamacare is not the care it's obama but the obamacare obamacare or the affordable care act is not affordable and the people who are most adversely affected by the inability to get insurance to pay for it are black people and it was the Democratic Party. What? Where do you get your numbers from? Do you have any data to support that ridiculous statement? Do you have uh, any have data to I, support I, that? I look at what's happened to the cost of... I'll take that. Since you're not giving me any data, I'll take that as a no. You don't have any data to support that statement. Excuse me. Excuse me. That's an inappropriate assumption because... You didn't ask me where I was calling from. I would, if you had, would have asked me that, 
Do you have access to data? I just did. I just said, do you have any data to support the statement? You didn't ask me if I had access to any of my data. If you had asked me, where are you calling from, and I would have told you, in my car. No, I don't carry the data in my car. Had I been on the phone on with my computer access and my historical files, I would be in a better position to answer your question. But because I can't answer your question because I don't have the data in front of me and it's not in my brain, doesn't mean I don't have any data. And for you to assume that I'm lying because I don't have the data, you're not understanding the environment in which I was asked to participate in the call. I didn't say you were lying because you didn't have any data. I didn't say that. You said I, I said didn't know because the data. you can't I had no facts. That that doesn't that doesn't mean you. I didn't say you were a liar. I just said that that I must take the fact that you can't recite me any data as a as a no. That's what I said. And, I, and I'm saying I'm saying that is an an equally okay. bad assumption to assume okay. that all of the problems are racist. Hillary all Clinton. Problems. Hillary Clinton said, if you vote for Donald Trump, you are a racist. And she was wrong. Hillary Clinton said that... So take that up with Hillary Clinton. She was the standard bearer of the Democratic Party. She wasn't? Once again, once again, you're taking this back, trying to make it a binary Republican-Democratic conversation. I never took it there. I didn't I'm take talking, it there. I, but I, I took, I'm taking it there because... Oh, okay. Okay, then that's fine. Okay. Because I believe that because a person may be a conservative, you have branded them as being racist. And I'm saying... I have not. I have done no such thing. I have run the tape. I have not said that. And I would appreciate it if you could focus and stay in tune to what I'm saying and stop making these ridiculous references or inferences so that you can feel comfortable in supporting your ridiculous premise. I did not say that. Did you not say that this started probably with Barry Goldwater? I said that the, that the election of Donald Trump is a culmination of the development of Radical conservative thought in this country, starting with Barry Goldwater. I said that. Did he win? Did who win? Barry Goldwater. No. But that's where, the, that's where it started. That's where it started. I said, starting with Barry Goldwater. And that's where it, that's where modern, if you, that's where, according to a lot of the literature, modern, Conservatism grew out of the speeches and the writings and the politics of Barry Goldwater. Modern conservatism. Okay, so then are you, by the same token, are you also, would you consider the possibility of the accuracy of a statement said that the modern civil rights movement began with Martin Luther King? The modern the modern civil rights movement uh, grew out of the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah, I agree with that. So, the 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 civil rights movement, which it was a reaction to uh, separate but equal, and all those things that were happening 
not only in the north but in the south. The, the beginning of you could talk about Selma, the Ridge, and Selma. You could talk about a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, the leader of the of the modern civil rights movement is Martin Luther King, and he talked about, as I said earlier, in his "I Have a Dream" speech. He talked about his goals, his wishes, and what he was hopeful for for his people coming <laughs> forward. You don't agree he did that? Well, uh, oh, the, 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 you, the chuckle you got from me was because I, I love it when conservatives use the I have a dream speech because they always go to the end of the speech and they ignore the beginning of the speech. What was the beginning of the speech about? The beginning of the speech was an indictment of America. Remember the remember the, the, the check that was cashed and came back marked insufficient funds? Right. That was the be, that was the be, and what was he talking about? America because of its racist history not living up to its full potential as a country. So I love it when conservatives pull out that speech because they love to go to I I, I in fact, why was the speech called I have a dream. Why did Dr. King have to have the dream in the first place? He had to have the dream in the first place because our reality was and continues to be a horrific nightmare. That's why he had to have the dream. Uh, and I, I don't disagree with that, I, I, but I want to ask you a question. If, if, if in the beginning of the speech he talks about the check came back insufficient funds, Mm-hmm. What would Doctor What would Doctor King say later of how this country has treated his people after they spent twenty two trillion dollars? He would go back to the speech, uh, uh, why, um, "Time to Break Silence: Why I Oppose the War in Vietnam," and he would talk about militarism, capitalism, and racism, and he would say that the money that could have and should have been spent in bringing equality in this country has been uh, used, as he said, like some demonic uh, suction tube and sucked out of this country and gone into the military-industrial complex, which uh, uh, President Dwight Eisenhower warned us against. Yeah, but you're not... not, But but you Well, uh, possibly, but... But I think that there is another another part of that that you're not recognizing, and that is, okay. yes, we spent money, we spent money in Vietnam, we spent money in in Afghanistan and Iraq and and all this stuff. And I said to you that under the uh, uh, under the Johnson law, this country in 50 years has spent spent 22 trillion dollars on the war in poverty in addition to the money that we spent on the wars, whether you like the wars or not, but we spent more money in 50 years on the war in poverty than we spent in all of the history of this country on war, on the cost of war. And what I'm saying is that we spent $22 trillion, and I believe that if Dr. King was here, by the way, I was, I am one of those white people who worked in the civil rights movement in the 70s um, in, in desegregating the Columbus public schools. But I, I think Dr. King would be very disappointed that $22 trillion of a check was given to his people 
and he would seriously question, what did my people get for the $22 trillion? And I would say to you that you are funda- your premise is fundamentally flawed because the check or no portion of the check was, quote-unquote, given to his people. With, and, and he would say, because, and I know he would say it because he did say it, that, uh, that, the, that, that, the, that the war on poverty programs were never designed to deal with the fundamental systemic issues that were causing poverty in this country. Have you read the book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community, written by Dr. King? That was the last book he published before he was assassinated. Where in it he says a number where in it he says a number of things, such as the white liberal has more in common with the members of the Klan than it does with black people. Why? Because the white community in this country has never been focused on freedom. That they have they have that, that white liberals have mourned the lash that the African American has been subjected to. They have mourned the oppression that African Americans have been subjected to, but they have never been fully vested in freedom for black people in this country. That's Dr. King, sir. I That's where do we go from here, chaos or community. I'm not making that up. I'm, I'm not saying you are, but what I'm saying is what you're ignoring is that Dr. King was not around to see the trillions of dollars that were spent supposedly on his people. He was gone. It wasn't there. And so what I'm, I'm wondering, why has the, if the black community, you're saying, if, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that the black community did not reap any benefits from the $22 trillion that was spent over the last 50 years. I have not have said that. I would never say something as, uh, as, uh, as broad-brushed as that. I would never use the word any, because as soon as I do, and someone provides one example to contradict that, then I'm wrong. I didn't say that, that there has not been any progress. There has been progress. But it hasn't been nearly uh, as 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 great of, of of progress as there could or should be, because again, the most of the efforts at eradicating poverty in this country, whether it's whether it's been uh, uh, the, the the building of uh, of projects in this country to to house uh, the impoverished. Uh, they have the benefits of those programs more times than not have not gone to the structural problems to resolve the issues a lot of people got paid a lot of people made a lot of money most of those people were not black people when you look at the administrative costs of a lot of these programs when you look at the overhead of a lot of these programs when you look at who ran a lot of these programs it wasn't black people in this country people. So, if we if we roll forward to another program that was designed to put people back to work, the quote shovel ready jobs for eight hundred and seventy billion dollars, and it never happened. You just defined 
exactly where we figured out where the money went. It went to people's salaries. It went to administrators. It went to union people. It was squandered and never really benefited people. And it, am I again, am I correct? Are you saying that much of the $22 trillion that was spent in that 50-year period, most of it, some of it, a lot of it, not much of it, made its way into the black community to improve the quality of life of black people in this country? Uh, because I don't have the data for those programs in front of me, I will just simply say too much of it did not. And 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 it was and, and in fact let me give you let me give you one simple example. When you look at the Black Panther Party for self defense and you look at and you look at their preschool program you look at their after-school program, you look at their breakfast program, you look at their health care program. Those programs were designed in the community. They were designed by the community. They were designed for the community, and they were run by the community. And what happened to those programs? They got shut down by the government. Why? On the health care side, because, because, Physicians in this country and the government did not want to see black people getting free health care in this country. That's how the pro that's how the program got shut down in, in Harlem, New York. Okay. Now, I, now the government copied the uh, the pre and after school program. That's how we got the Head Start program in this country. The Head Start right. program in this country was started by the Black Panther Party for Self Defense. That okay. that is one of that is one example of a program that has done a lot of good for a lot of people in this country. And what does Donald Trump want to do? Want to and, and starting with Ronald, starting from Ronald Reagan forward, what what have conservatives been wanting to do and doing? Cutting, cutting, cutting programs such as Head Start. Okay, we, we only have a few minutes left, and there's one area that I would like to have a little bit of dialogue with you. Because sure. I would, be, I would be very interested in your perspective as a black man, a, a person who I believe is a, has a passion for his black activism. Uh, I, I was on the Central Ohio Civil Rights Council, which brought okay. the class action suit against the Columbus Board of Education. This desegregate okay. the Columbus Public Schools. What and year it was, was that? A, uh, probably in 1976. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm an old guy, so um, okay. I, I got invo I got involved in it because uh, I believe that my faith told me that I had to get involved because it was an important issue. And the tension in our town as the trial was taking place was unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. I worked with major news media to try and keep the tension down. Mm -hmm. So finally, the, finally the, the court decided and said that the school system had to be segregated, uh, unsegregated, and they had to put in a busing program, and the court had to approve it, and all those things that we all went through right. in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Okay? Okay. okay. Now, uh -huh. I want to roll, I want to roll forward to 2017. Okay. And I have, I want, I want to find out from a, uh, an intelligent, educated black person. 
why are there more and more education of higher learning where the black students want to be segregated not only in dorms, classes, and cafeterias away from the rest of the people in the college? What is happening that the black people are asking for segregation again? And you tell me, what did I fight for 50 years ago? If the black community well, let's start with, we okay. don't want it. Okay. Okay, wait a minute. Let let let's start let's start with I mean you you've asked a very complex question uh that has a, I think that has a number of uh of of socioeconomic elements that contribute to it. But and not and not knowing the history of what happened in Ohio, but I do have some broader understanding of what happened with busing and education in the 70s. And the busing the busing idea first of all was a was a bad idea because again it did not get to the root cause of the problem of educational failure in the country instead of busing black children from their homes 15 20 30 45 50 minute bus rides away from their homes what you what they should have done was invested in the schools in those neighborhoods to be sure to to ensure that the uh uh assets and the and the tools in the schools in the black neighborhoods were the same, if not better, than the, than the, than the tools and the, and, and the equipment in the white neighborhoods. Right. Now, now another problem that we have seen with uh, housing programs, with, with, with education programs, is not only black people doing this, but white people doing this as well. The, a big problem problem with resegregation in this country has to do with housing patterns and the fact that people just seem to naturally gravitate to live around people that look like them. And that's not a racist, uh, uh, I, birds of a feather do seem to flock together. Now, now, um, but 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 one of the big problems that we have is when people of other ethnicities do want to move into other neighborhoods, tensions do arise. We still find that there's redlining by banks so that black people wanting to move into some white neighborhoods will, at least the banks, will try to charge them a higher interest rate because of redlining uh, that is still being done by banks. But now to your question about about black students in, um, I think you're referring to majority white um, uh, uh, colleges and universities. No, I'm talking, I'm talking specifically about many of the public universities in California and in Connecticut and New York, which are racially diverse colleges. But the, the but the black students have decided that they want to have s segregated dorms classes, and meals? Well, I'd have to look at the literature that is addressing those particular um, requests, but I, I will say to you, if you just look at the sheer numbers and the percentages of African Americans that are, that are and I, I'm, I'm originally from California, African Americans that are in the University of California system or are in the California state system, and you uh, you look at the percentages of those students compared to students that are of other eth eth ethnicities, 
they are uh, still very, very small numbers. So in terms of, of, again, birds of a feather want to flock together. And they want to coalesce around their commonalities, their common interests for support and encouragement because what we find in a lot of those institutions, they are, you, you use the term uh, integrated, which they are uh, by number, but, when, but, but they are not necessarily the most welcoming uh, institutions. And I say this having gone to the University of California Davis School of Law and know that I was approached by the dean of the school and asked one day, are you really comfortable here? Are you sure this is really the place for you? Dean, what do you mean? Why are you asking me that? Well, I, I just want to be sure that you're comfortable. Well, why wouldn't I be comfortable? What's giving me the idea that I'm not comfortable? Just want to be sure you're comfortable. And I know where that question came from. I know where that, that question how came from. To, how long ago was that question? Uh, that, was, that was 1982. That's right. But we're we're talking. I mean, we're we're talking. I'm talking about today, 2017. I, I'm the times to, have I'm, changed, but the ideologies have not. But what I'm what I'm trying to understand, Doctor, is that um, this is spreading across the country. It started about Thanks, Donald a year, Trump. No, it started about a year ago. <laughs> Thanks, to Donald Trump. He, he was he wasn't even running a year ago. I mean, what, what do you mean? Yeah, he was. How is it thanks to Donald Trump? When we look at the, when we look at the, when we, we can tie, we can, we can tie the rise in, uh, in hate crimes. We can tie the rise in, uh, we'll just say ethnic sensitivity to the rhetoric of Donald Trump. So are you saying he's responsible for the shootings in Chicago? No, that's a separate issue. Oh, it doesn't doesn't fit. Okay, well, all right. So, Jim, if you're, talk, we, if you're we, talking about if you're talking about the rise, if you're talking about the the the, the shootings on the south side of Chicago within the African American community, right? Oh, that's a totally separate issue. And and I, I find it I find it laughable when 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 people talk about and I'm not saying you're doing this, but your question just prompted this thought, that when, 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 the, when, when people in the African-American community are, out, are outraged at police shootings, and then the first thing people want to come back and say is, well, what about Chicago? Why aren't you outraged about what's happening in Chicago? What about what the black community is doing to itself in Chicago? I, I, that's a totally yeah. Well, that's a totally See, that, that, that issue has has much less to do with ethnicity and more to do with socioeconomic issues such as poverty, such as, um, such as uh, hopelessness, such as the lack of job opportunity and poor educational systems. Irish people did it to themselves in the, in the, in the, in the ghettos, in, this, in the Irish ghettos in this country. Italian people did it to themselves in the Irish ghetto, in the Italian ghettos in this country, in the history of this country. This is, that's not, that, that type of feeding upon oneself is not relegated or specially uh, uh, found within the African-American community. That's what poor people do. 
That's what people, that's what hopeless people do. That's what people without jobs and, 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 and poor life expectancy, that's what they do. That's not what black people do. So when, when, and I, I Jim, are you still there, Jim? Or are you yep, on the I'm, air? We I'm, just I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, sitting here listening to you guys have this discussion. Yes. Keep, keep I, I have to go in a little bit, but, uh, no I want to go back. I, I want to go, I want to go back to your issue of, of, um, of Donald Trump. Uh, okay. I saw, I saw a report this morning in the Wall Street Journal where several professors at leading universities went back and analyzed the election results and they found that that Mrs. Clinton didn't carry near the percentage of the black community that Barack Obama did. In fact, she didn't right. carry near the percentage of historical white Democratic like like uh, um, her husband Bill. But here's my question. Yeah. What I'm trying to figure out when Donald Trump was in Detroit, and as he was going around in the in the inner city, and he made mm-hmm. the statement, which I thought was a terrific statement for the black people. For fifty years, you've lived under the 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 war on poverty, and you lived under the mm-hmm. oppression of the, the Democratic Party. What do you have to lose to vote for me? What do you have to lose? We had everything to lose. We have but everything you know, to lose. Wait, you're telling me they don't have, have anything. They don't have jobs. We they don't have, have income. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.